Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Neil Parrish, the MP accused of viewing porn in Parliament, insists that he had every reason to believe the interracial gangbang he was watching was a work event, and that he was, in effect, ambushed with a cock. The policy of discharging untested Covid patients back into care homes at the start of the pandemic is found to have been unlawful, as that protective ring Matt Hancock liked to talk about turns out to have been an asshole that was completely full of shit. Keir Starmer insists that there is no comparison to be made between Downing Street parties during lockdown and a gathering he attended at a Durham MP's constituency office. The Labour leader says the Durham event couldn't possibly have been a party, as it's physically impossible to enjoy yourself at any event that he attends. And finally, James Corden announces that he will be leaving the Late Late Show next year and possibly returning to Britain, in Pretty Patel's latest disgraceful ploy to get the British people to back stricter border controls. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and this is IC News, the only network spoiling you rotten with the dreamies of cold hard facts and the belly rubs of peerless journalism. Who's a good little listener? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's it. Just keep rolling around and around and enjoying yourself. Don't pay any attention to all the stuff they've just pushed through the House of Lords before Parliament was dissolved this week. You're a good little listener. It doesn't matter that they've effectively ended the right to peaceful protest and curtailed the independence of the Electoral Commission, does it? Of course it doesn't. Good little listener. Good little listener. Here at IC News, we're the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. But if you've been paying any attention to the news in Russia over the last few weeks, you probably already feel like you're living in an alternate dimension. It's been a worrying week for escalation in the conflict, as mysterious explosions rocked the separatist region of Transnistria in Moldova, raising the possibility of Russia's military activities now spreading beyond Ukraine's borders. Evidence of appalling war crimes committed by Russian forces against civilians also continues to mount. And this week, President Biden announced a huge $33 billion package of military and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. It's part of an increasingly interventionist Western response to the crisis, with NATO now taking a few nervous steps forward in the game of nuclear chicken Putin has clearly decided he has a raging hard-on for. The rhetoric on Russian state media has become increasingly hostile towards the wider West, even claiming that nuclear war is now an inevitability and that Russia is already engaged in physical conflict with NATO forces in Ukraine. It's all part of the increasingly desperate measures Russia is now taking to justify the heavy military and economic losses Putin has inflicted on his own population by choosing to invade. The problem for Kremlin propagandists, however, is that some of the false flag operations Russia have engaged in to lend credence to this rhetoric have been 
well, clumsily executed at best. Sanctions have made it a bit unworkable to commission our Russian correspondent here on Earth Prime recently, which is why he's been travelling the multiverse this week to try and avoid all kinds of repercussions. Western friends, it is I, Alexander Notobot, unbiased and impartial Russian journalist of most high esteem, and definitely not secret agent of FSB. I speak to you today from completely not cowardly bolt hole dimension, Earth Tango Delta Hide and Seek 17. I do this because I am member of Free Russian Press and I now find myself hunted by Ukrainian extremists. This is bad news, Western friends. Hang on. I'm just going to have a quick look around. Ah, thank Kremlin. It looks like, for now at least, coast is clear. I bet you have not heard of stories like mine in Western press, have you? Of course not. Only false narrative of Nazis and Western imperialists for you. If you will indulge me, I will explain, because I am not only Russian journalist now finding self in this position. The free press is in danger, my friends. In my country, Vladimir Solovyov is perhaps most famous Russian news anchor. He is suddenly big name on state TV. Think like your own Jon Snow, yes? Instead, except calm delivery of nightly Channel 4 news, Vladimir spends evenings talking about the Russian annihilating the West in nuclear fire and cleansing Ukraine of Nazi filth by bombing maternity hospitals full of evil Nazi babies. He's completely legit, fair and proper news reporting. (laughs) And in no way is he propaganda puppet of Kremlin regime. Man who so fiercely tells nothing but truth has now become target of Ukraine Nazi hitmen in plot foiled this week by patriots of Russian security service. Few days ago, agents of FSB found secret stash belonging to Ukrainian killers seeking to assassinate our beloved journalist. They put video all over Russian news. It was, how you say, tot legit bust, with bedroom full of smoking gun evidence. Fresh swastika t-shirts, which obviously all undercover Nazis wear all the times. Drugs, because as Putin conveniently says, all Ukrainian Nazis are also high on drugs, particularly when wearing their brand new swastika t-shirts. They also found Ukrainian passports and guns and ammunition, and perhaps most damning of all, several copies of popular Nazi trading game The Sims 3. This was definitely not a mistake of idiot Russian FSB agent planting obvious fake evidence, making mix-up between popular life simulator of same name and more believable option of criminal evidence, telephone SIM cards. And what's more, Ukrainian hitman even signed off letter describing orders to kill journalists with his own name. Signature unclear. Now you in West have been mocking this, saying it is ludicrous that fake letter would carry such stupid and obvious misinterpretation of false flag orders. With such dismissals you make silly tit of selves. I say this with kindness, Western friends, but you are really showing your ignorance and gullibility. Signature is common and traditional Ukrainian first name. Honest and unclear? Come on. It even sounds Ukrainian. I shouldn't have to tell you that targeting journalists is grotesque war crime and obvious escalation of hostilities. It is why I now hide here in secret universe far away from Russia. Um, I mean, 
Ukrainian intelligence operatives. As credible member of Russian free press, I now fear for my life. My terror is definitely not, and I cannot stress this enough because I am secret FSB agent who has angered Kremlin regime with embarrassing failed propaganda operation. Hello, Alexander, are you here? Shit, it seems the Nazis have found me, friends. Even here, in my safe space. It is I, Dimitri, journalist colleague, here to give you Pulitzer Prize. Oh God, this is insulting. Of all the peoples they sent Dimitri, this asshole couldn't hit a cup of tea with a shotgun full of polonium. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Hey, Dimitri, look over there. It's the spire of the famous Salisbury Cathedral. Oh, where? Ha-ha, <laughs> sucker! <laughs> Jesus, we really need to think about improving our military intelligence training program. It's getting kind of embarrassing now. I am Alexander Notobot, proudly reporting on behalf of a regime happy to suicide me the moment I fuck up. Reporting for IC News. Back here on Earth Prime, it's been time for our weekly scandal to rip through Parliament, and this time it was once again the sexual misconduct of... It all started with the mail on Sunday last weekend, when unnamed Tory MPs apparently briefed journalists that they believed Deputy Leader of the Opposition, Angela Rayner, has been deliberately uncrossing her legs in front of Boris Johnson at Prime Minister's questions in order to distract him as if the man who can be handed cake by a set of onlookers singing happy birthday without realising that he might be attending a party really needs distracting. The sole purpose of the story was clearly to humiliate and embarrass Rayner, but the backlash quickly shifted the narrative into a wider conversation about the awful conduct of a worrying number of our elected representatives. I know, right? Who could possibly have predicted that this lot might also have sexist on their bingo cards of total country? Joining us in the studio today to discuss this frankly ridiculous set of stories, it's Alison June-Smith. Oh, wow. Thanks, Sam. It's so kind of you to grant your manly airtime to little old me. I hope you can concentrate on your job with me sitting here. Now I need to warn you, they're underneath a desk. But my legs are here with me today, okay? Now that's my fault, but I hope you can forgive me. I know they're pulling focus, but unfortunately, I also rely on them for walking around, okay? Just try and think about the interview rather than letting your very complicated man-brain short-circuit with all the possibilities they represent. I've also covered them up with a burlap sack, so that's a desk and a sack. I've double-bagged them for you, okay? It's important to use protection, and I wouldn't want you to get distracted. Yes, Alison, very funny. Oh, I'm not trying to be funny, Sam. I wouldn't want you to mistake humour for flirting. I'm trying to remain professional and composed here, which I understand completely is entirely my responsibility in this interaction, okay? 
Should I have brought a big plastic screen to sit behind or something? Gender interactions in the workplace are just so complicated these days. It's exhausting. I'd really like to focus on how this story is just another representation of the power imbalance in so many workplace interactions. It'd also be great to talk about how this story has exposed just how systemic misogyny is in our political system. But for the life of me, I just can't remember the office dress code. So now my silly little female brain is just worrying that I'm showing too much elbow for my male co-workers to treat me with a fundamental level of basic human respect. But this office doesn't have a dress code, Alison. In fact, Danny quite often doesn't even wear pants. Okay, so going in the other direction, you do realise that that's not okay either, right? I don't like it any more than you do. It's like a giraffe holding a basketball in its teeth. I didn't come here today to talk about Danny's penis, Sam. Right, yes, of course not. Sorry, very inappropriate. I'm here to talk about just how fucking disgusting and degrading it is that even at the highest level of our politics, women are still being sniggered about and mistreated by grown-ass men acting like horny public schoolboys. Yes, of course, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's just break down what actually happened here, shall we? A Tory MP actively sought out a male on Sunday journalist to suggest that the deputy leader of the opposition deliberately crosses her legs in order to distract our prime minister. That was an actual conversation that two adult professionals actually had, presumably while sniggering over brandies in some dark corner of a Westminster bar. The MP thought it was appropriate to suggest this obviously pathetic bullshit to a journalist, and the journalist thought it was appropriate to publish it, complete with a whole bunch of irrelevant sneers about Rayner's background and some gross, snobby-ass speculation that she does it to compete with Boris Johnson's elite Oxford debating skills. So that's a double whammy of sexism and classism. Yeah, and presumably Oxford can't be that great at teaching debating skills. Not when the classes don't even cover how to avoid losing your train of thought when a fully clothed woman repositions herself. It's just such exhausting caveman bullshit to be having this conversation again in 2022. The backlash from both sides calling out this crap has been nice to see, but clearly there's a massive workplace culture problem at Westminster if an MP even thinks this way, let alone thinks about it enough to honestly believe it's worth repeating to a journalist. Well, I think the workplace culture issues are definitely an issue, given that the Independent Complaints and Grievance Scheme has received 70 reports of sexual misconduct, about 56 separate MPs, since it was set up in 2018. You fucking what? Oh, that's the figure the Sunday Times reported just the other day. The complaints include three current cabinet members and two members of the shadow cabinet as well, apparently. So that's what, eight or nine percent of all our MPs facing a sexual misconduct complaint over the last four years? Yeah, and that's before you factor in that the vast majority of incidents of sexual harassment and assault are never reported which is a situation that's almost certainly exacerbated by the decentralised system by which MPs essentially directly employ and therefore hold power over their individual staff teams. 
But, of course, having said all that, I imagine some of these complaints were about Charlie Elphick, Andrew Griffiths and Imran Ahmed Khan, so we can probably take them out of the figures now. (sighs) Why, were they found innocent? No, Elphick was sentenced to two years in prison for sexually assaulting two women, one of which was a parliamentary worker. Uh, Andrew Griffiths is a former minister who was ruled to have raped and beaten his wife in a private custody court battle, and Imran Khan has just quit as an MP after he was found guilty of sexually assaulting a teenage boy. Oh my fucking god! Although the Tory party did restore the whip to Elphick and Griffiths during their suspensions under investigation, so that they could take part in a confidence vote against Theresa May, of course. I guess they just had the right sort of track record when it comes to attacking women. Jesus Christ, dude. Please tell me Labour are at least doing better at this shit. Yeah, I'd stay off Google if I were you. Oh, and definitely don't type House of Lords nonce into it. Sorry, am I mansplaining? I'm trying to do better at that. You're fine. I'm gonna go, though. I'm feeling kinda... hopeless and depressed all of a sudden. Yeah, I find discussing sexual misconduct in Parliament tends to have that effect on women. Oh, Alison? Yes? Don't forget your sack. Thanks. I think I'm going to go hide in it until we as a species successfully complete feminism. Now, from 650 unsavoury characters to 280, as we pivot effortlessly from one toxic environment to another in the form of Twitter... This week saw the announcement that Elon Musk, the man who has everything and yet still chooses to shave like that, has agreed terms to buy the social media giant in its entirety for $44 billion. It's a headline-grabbing move that's prompted endless speculation about Musk's motives and the future of censorship and regulation on the platform. But free speech is a complicated subject at the best of times which is why we've asked our youth correspondent to break this acquisition down for all you useless fetal laymen out there. Hi kids, it's me, excitable newsboy David Stanier, here today to smash up their big rocks of news until they're lovely and manageable little pebbles. Pebbles which you can then shove directly into your ears, just like the ones at the beach. Don't you listen to mum, it won't do any lasting damage. Today we're going to be talking about social media and a grown-up called Elon Musk. Now, you might have heard of him. He's the richest man in the entire world. He's richer than one of Richie Rich's Extra Rich Rich Tea Biscuits, and he's just agreed to buy a company called Twitter. Now, if you're below the age of 10, and you've never used Twitter before, good! (laughs) Stay the fuck off it, for heaven's sake! Have you ever been called a mean and racist name on the playground by a Russian boy pretending to be an American boy, but actually the Russian boy is a robot? Twitter's basically that, but louder, and it happens over and over and over and over and over and over again until you hate yourself and want to die. Now, I know you think that doesn't sound like fun. In fact, I can hear you now. Um, excuse me, Mr. David. That sounds bloody rotten and horrid. Why do grown-ups put themselves through something like that? The answer, kids, is really very simple. For some reason, some very rich adults have got together recently in their big, cunty, libertarian treehouse. Together, they've decided that hate speech, spouting baseless conspiracy theories, undermining both the democratic process and the scientific consensus on crucial issues of human survival, and labelling everyone you disagree with as either a bigot or a massive pedo, depending on your political inclinations, are fundamental human rights that have to be protected. Does that sound like a dangerously absolutist interpretation of free speech to you? 
One that takes absolutely no heed to the very real dangers presented by willful disinformation and hate speech? Well, get over it, Snowflake. It's called debate, so you better just shut the fudge up and tolerate it. Daddy Musk doesn't believe in censorship. And he's here to revolutionise the very platform he's used in the past to directly manipulate the stock market. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this is fine. Everything about this is absolutely fine. <laughs> now, kids, I know you're only little, so you probably shouldn't be worrying too much about whether or not this is all horrifyingly dystopian. You're not bothered that a grotesquely powerful and notoriously narcissistic plutocrat is about to inherit a platform with the power to literally reshape the way our modern democracies function? <laughs> You're too busy hunting for Pokemon. But even for you little kiddies, it's worth pointing out that for everything Elon Musk says about free speech being absolute, he's not exactly been consistent in how he defines it in the past. Free speech about unionising at the workplace, for example. That tends to get your plump butt fired if you work for Tesla. And if you're an expert cave diver, exercising your free speech to point out that Elon Musk's unworkable solutions are an unwelcome distraction during a time-critical rescue effort in which human lives are at stake. Well, guess what? Elon Musk is going to use his free speech to call you a paedophile in a tweet to his 80 million followers. Because that's just what emotionally secure people who can absolutely handle criticism do all the time. If you don't like it, you're just jealous because he's so rich. It should be bloody obvious that consolidating absolute power over such a fearsome tool of communication in the hands of one man is unlikely to be a good thing for the nature of debate. But instead, Musk is being celebrated as the saviour of free speech, despite being a man who's actively abused Twitter for his own reputation on financial gain repeatedly in the past. Which is why today's lesson is about freedom of speech, not meaning freedom from consequences. And uh, speaking of consequences... I'm here at the headquarters of SpaceX in California, and it's time to sing our anthem, kids. Hack the blast door, prime the C4, bypass guards, Charizard. Ooh, oh, buggery hell. Not now, Pokemon Go. I'm busy. David's on a mission. Sink this acquisition. Kill the rich. Kill the rich. And we're through security. Now, I just need to find the executive offices and... Intruder detected! Intruder detected! Oh no, security robots. Threat to mask global takeover bid detected! Pedo guy! Pedo guy! What? I'm not a bloody pedo. I'm a child in a man's body. You've got it the wrong way round. Exterminate pedo guy! Exterminate pedo guy! Pedo guy. Oh, chuck pet, kids. Oh, Davey's in a pickle here. Looks like I've bit enough more than I can chew. Abort mission. Abort! Pedo guy will not join a union. Human resources are the only thing you need in the workplace. It's time to run like it's sports day, kids. I'm David Stanley. Legging it out of this compound. Reporting for IC News. Exterminate! Exterminate! Free speech! Free speech! Ah, and if you think it's all a bit of a mess now, just wait until he lets Donald Trump back on Twitter. David's report brings us to the end of our broadcast. If you've enjoyed the show, do please share us around social media while you still can. We'll be back at the same time next week, but until then, we leave you now, as always, with the headlines you may have missed. 
Rishi Sunak says it would be silly to help people with energy bills right now, and he clearly means that very literally, as he's also failed to deliver the council tax rebate that he promised thousands of households would receive in April. Jacob Rees-Mogg claims he's saved the country a billion pounds by delaying post-Brexit import checks for a fourth time, before proudly declaring that he's also saved the NHS a great deal of money by not shooting himself directly in the foot. Tim Westwood is accused of serious sexual misconduct, as the BBC wonders just how it will ever learn to identify a creepy old bloke DJing in a tracksuit and surrounding himself with young girls as a bit of a wrong'un. And finally, the leader of the British Virgin Islands is arrested in a US drug sting, as the UK is shocked to discover that their offshore tax havens might be a bit susceptible to greed and corruption. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me and if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>